Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we're committed to resourcing people in worshiping God and serving others meaningfully for community transformation. Here is the week's teaching. Uh, last week we started on this series, Everything. Uh, but before we start, I just want to probably make some declaration concerning uh, Uganda and where we are at now. Just the other day, Honorable Member of Parliament was killed with his bodyguard. But God, the Bible says, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. And that's what we're going to exercise even now. So I speak and declare that this nation shall be a loving nation, that there will be no theft of any life. Hallelujah. That men shall walk and work for whatever they need to provide for their families. The Bible says the workman is worthy of his wages. I pray that every mind in this town shall be productive. That people shall rise up in the morning and not waste away their lives, but they will be productive people. Father, we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name we pray. Okay. So last week we started on this sermon, everything. Second Peter 2 uh, verses, uh, chapter 2 verse, uh, sorry, chapter 1 verse 1 to 8 of Second Peter, and Anthony laid a very good foundation uh, concerning where we shall be taking off from, and that was that the like precious faith that you and I have is the same that the disciples and uh, the same that Jesus had. You see, Jesus, Jesus did not go all the way to the cross to give you an inferior faith. Tell your neighbor, tell them that. Jesus did not go all the way to the cross to give you an inferior faith. The faith that you have is the very same one that raised Jesus from the dead. Can you imagine? That is the kind of faith you have. Now, this faith, the Bible says, like precious faith, is the same as those who walked with Christ. They too had the same faith. If they did whatever they did, it means you and I can do whatever they did and more. I mean, Jesus even said it, that this and greater stuff shall you do. Now, I do not know what great stuff you have done last week. But I hope it is really great stuff. Hallelujah. So, he laid a very good foundation. That is what, basically, that was about. You see, for every input, the output you receive, if let's say it's a machine, whatever you're putting in will give you the results on the other side. So if you put Jesus' faith in this way, the kind of like precious faith, you're going to get Jesus' results. But if you put anything other than the Jesus' faith, the kind of results you'll get will be those ones. Hallelujah. So... I'm going to tell you three stories. Hopefully, three. Uh, if time allows, I'll probably tell you a fourth one, but I have a feeling there will be three. So, in uh, 2006, I had the distinct pleasure of going for my master's education, and uh, I went by plane. Tell your neighbor that's a good thing. Yeah, if you can fly, it's better. Because where I was going was not here. So I took off. I checked in. I had my ticket. And the lady at the counter tells me, uh, Sir, 
sorry, uh, we're going to have to rebook you. I was like, okay, what does that exactly mean? No, no, we're going to issue you with a, another ticket and uh, you will still be on your way. I thought, awesome, awesome. Probably what they're going to do, I'm going to miss the window seat that I had, you know, earlier checked in and they're going to give me an aisle seat where they keep knocking you with that thing as they push it across. I said, no problem. It's okay. We will go with that. So they gave me the ticket and as I was showing my ticket uh, to the, to the, there was another lady, not, not the air hostess. This, this was way, way before the plane. The other lady sees my ticket and says, oh, uh, sir, you're welcome to the lounge. So in case you don't know what the lounge is, it means you are outside the lounge. If you have never, yeah, it just means usually. So this time around, I go into the lounge. And man, the air in there is different. The staff, you know, people, people look like they're at home. While outside, if you peep, you'll just see people wondering, my flight. But in the lounge, no, 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 you won't miss your flight. We will let you know about your flight. So I sat and I began seeing people begin to pick things, eat, you know, everything. Everyone was doing everything. And I kept thinking, wow, these guys have money. That guy has just gone back and forth. This is his fourth time. Wow. So, but I said, well, these hands are different. I have my $50 in my pocket. I will wait until about 30 minutes to the flight. Then I go and buy myself something to eat. So, as it was, my plan was working. 30 minutes too. I got up, walked over to the place where they were serving some stuff, and I began saying, you know, I'll have that, I'll have that, and that. So after I had picked everything, I asked the lady, so how much is this? And she said, mm, sir, no, this is free. This, this is free. It's yours. So that ticket they had given me allowed me access to everything. But 30 minutes to the flight. I said, Jesus, this woman had better tell me how much these things are. Because I want to pay. Everything was mine. But I did not know. A story is told of a gentleman and the book by Morris, Robert Morris, The God I Never Knew. A story is told of this gentleman who sold everything with his wife because they wanted to make a better life in the U.S., in America, and that is what happened. They bought a ticket, handed it to the husband, and bought a very big bowl, a very round, what do they call it? And it's some round cheese. And all he had to do is ration that cheese for the duration of his voyage. And they set sail. And every day, he passed by the dining hall and looked inside. And he said, well, that day will come for me too, when I will have the money to dine like these people. And he would go up and just look at the sea, 
and enjoy, but hungry, knowing he's going back to eat that ration of cheese for that day. So on the final day, they are approaching the U.S. and they see the Statue of Liberty. And oh, there was, there was a feeling in the air of, yes, we have arrived. So while he stood at the bow with the, one of the cabin crew members, he was like, wow, that sight is awesome. And the cabin crew member said, yes, every time I see it, it is still awesome. Then the cabin crew member said, well, sir, I do not want to pry, but I noticed you did not attend any meal all through the voyage. Is there a problem? And he said, well, I did not have the kind of money that was going to allow me to have those meals. And the lady said, oh, my good sir, your ticket allowed you to that, to three meals a day. We set the table every day. Every day. We thought you would come. But you did not come. He had everything. But he did not know how to access it. Second Peter chapter 1 verses 1 to 8. As we go. Let's read together. Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, adding to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are talking about everything. And verses 2 and 3, which we shall handle today, say, starts by saying, grace and peace be multiplied to you. What is grace? It is right there. It is? There is nothing you get to do to obtain the grace of God. Grace and peace in this verse, and I believe in many other areas, is a function of God. It is God that gives to you this grace. There is nothing you have done to earn it. There is nothing you can ever do for you to be able to receive this grace. Hallelujah. And the same thing is for the peace. That, and this peace is not, as Jesus said, the peace I live with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Give I to you. So there is a peace that the world will give. But this kind of peace we are talking about is that version whereby amidst the trouble, there is a place in you that says it is well. Some of you have been singing that hymn for years now. It is well 
with my soul. The story behind that song is this guy was traveling with his family and his entire family perished. Perished, complete, gone, and he survived. And he takes the pen and writes the most, one of the most awesome hymns we will ever sing. It is well with my... There is no way you can say it is well with your soul unless there is a peace that is very different from the peace that the world gives. Last Sunday, Anthony touched on it by saying that anytime the external pressure exceeds the internal pressure, what happens? There's an implosion. If it's a can, it crashes inward. That is where, as an individual, you begin to realize that there is just something going on. But the moment you have the peace of God on the inside, the moment you continue for that grace to be multiplied, the moment it is multiplied, it causes that balance whereby as opposed to just being there, you become a bomb. How many, of, how many of you have seen those movies where they have that round thing that looks like a pineapple and just remove the clip and... That is God's intention regarding you and the reason as to why you exist. That you are supposed to be explosive. But many times the Christian has the safety on. We remove the pin and we hold on to that thing that does. We just hold on to it. And we go through life. The enemy slapping you left, right and center. And all this time you are a bomb waiting to go off. But you do not know that. So, this grace, this peace, these two things themselves are not increased. The grace God gives you does not increase. But your experience of certain graces, which we're going to talk about, is the thing that gets increased. So again, there are grace and peace, they are a function of God. I say that, and they themselves do not increase. Okay? It is the experience you have. Have you had those moments where you have had someone talk about that guy has the grace of healing? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the spiritual gifts that God has given. Some receive the gifts of healing. Some uh, receive uh, discernment of spirits. There are different graces that God continues to cause us to walk in. And this is for a purpose. The end of that chapter, the end of that uh, of 1 Corinthians 12, towards verse 11, says that, and this is for the profit of all. Praise the Lord. So there are people here, God has probably called you into a certain space, into a certain grace, and every time you are complaining, why is it me? That everyone comes to, to talk to. This guy, I don't know. I made. Everyone seems to come to gravitate to you, but you are busy looking at the fence on the other side, and it's greener on the side where probably you have Anita, who is walking in the prophetic. She comes and says something, and you're like, "Yeah, I want that." 
Even me, I want to be like that. As for, forgetting that the encouragement, the grace to encourage others that God has placed on you is not like any other. People come, they sit under you, and all of a sudden they live well. While there is another one they go to and they leave and they are even more disturbed. It comes easy for you. It is, it's an easy thing. It is not a thing you fight to have. That is the experience of grace that we are talking about. It is an easy thing. For you concerning the word, concerning teaching, helping, that is a grace you just walk in. You don't know how. But as we said, it is unmerited. So, friend, you could be here and there is a grace that God has placed on you. There is a certain way of things that you get to do. Some people are graced with math. You just, you just have a thing for numbers. You don't know why. While some of us, someone just, the other day I was, I was at the salon and these kids were saying something so interesting. Are you clever? Are you bright? What's one plus one, two, two plus two, four? Uh, what is eight plus six? These were twins, so the other one had to first think about it. And then she gave the answer, you know? But, so, no, by Bambi, she gave the answer. She gave the correct answer. Yeah? You, you don't know the answer all this time. I thought I'm preaching to mathematicians. Anyway, the most interesting thing is that of those two individuals, in hearing them, I knew one of them had the grace. The other one had to just work at it. Because the other one was going. She was going. But most times, we think that the things we have been graced in are inferior compared to others. Everyone wants to be the guy who stands up here to talk. You forget that the grace God has given you is for the benefit of others. There are people who need you, but you need to activate something in you. So, but the scripture actually gives, gives us how this happens. That it is multiplied to us in the knowledge of God. This is the only place, this is the only way these graces are multiplied to us. Some of us have, have a thing whereby we, we believe that when we come here, somehow there is an activation that is supposed to happen. Remember this is garage, we are just servicing you to go out. There's a book I read in the Harvest Institute last year, which I believe these guys will read, Team of Teams by General Macristo. And these guys had two things. They were fighting in Iraq and trying to, they were wondering, why are we losing to the Taliban? Why are we losing? And then they realized they did not have shared conscience and they did not have empowered execution. While their enemy had this stuff, the enemy did not call headquarters to say, uh, hello, headquarters over. Yes, we, we intend to bomb this place, but we, we were wondering whether it's actually what we should do. And some of you continuously call headquarters, a.k.a. your pastor, 
asking whether you should execute. Meanwhile, the enemy, on the other hand, is not asking for permission regarding your life. Friend, you need to get to a place whereby you know, and this is in the knowledge of God, where you know for sure that you're more than a conqueror. You must know. There is no other way. If you are second-guessing yourself, the enemy will continue kicking you. You must get to a place whereby peace increases, irrespective of what is happening around you. You know, like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, that though he does not save us, we shall not bow, O king. But many times, when the pressure is on, we bow. Then we go to God and say, God, even you, you knew that was hard. Even you, you knew that was hard, Jesus. But he said that you will speak to the mountain and it shall be removed. The problem is we are not speaking to the mountain. We are speaking about the mountain. We are saying this mountain is big. And God is like, yeah, I can see it. It's big. This mountain can't move. Well, it's not going to move because you have just said it's not moving. Because the Bible says the power is in your tongue to create or to destroy. So every day you live your life, every day you live your life, and the peace of God on the inside is not causing you to experience God. Then you start having things. You start seeing things defeat you. Let me tell you, for some of you, it is something so simple that you just need to activate. You have like precious faith. You just need to activate that in the knowledge of God. What does God say? Everything you ask, you will receive. Let me give you a small example of this. I was on my way to visit my parents, and I got into this taxi and sat. This young man comes in with a very heavy, he had been shopping. These were the taxis at Nakao. He had been shopping, came in with a very heavy bag, and the front space was all taken. He really needed to take this taxi to go now. Front space was taken. He looks at the back. The only space is all the way to the back in the corner. And he's like, with all this stuff. So I tell him, come. Come in. So he carries the things, puts one there. Then I start kind of like shuffling them to this side. And he came and he was trying to put the things down. But you know our taxis, how much space you have. So I told him, no, put that, leave it on the seat on the other side of you. you. You come this way. And he sat down. And his concern I could see was, you know, who's going to pay? Because I, I, I don't have the money to pay for. And then I just said, God, bring someone here who is feeding. <laughs> you know those ones who are feeding? Bring someone who is feeding. And I kid you not, that's how I prayed. I did not say, Father. No, I said, bring someone here who is feeding. And I relaxed. And all of a sudden, people are coming. This lady came and she looked inside. And I was like, no, not feeding. And she immediately went. She asked, where, is, where are the taxis to Mbuya? Uh, not this one. So she went to another. And this young girl came with her headphones. And I was like, correct. She came, <laughs> sat. She, we didn't have to move any, anything, but push up. She sat right there. 
So some of you need to speak something like that. You need to talk. But unfortunately, you are, you are in a space whereby you think God only listens to certain kind of prayers. That when you say fitting, he won't understand. God knows you better than you know yourself. He's the one that created you, in case you missed it. Let's move on. We have done that. Let's read this together. And this, John 17, 3, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is not that moment when we sing that other song as they are lowering you into the ground. No, eternal life starts now. The knowledge of God starts now. The place you will need to know God is here on earth. Your understanding of why you were created makes sense here. When you get to heaven, you will probably not need that knowledge. But if you know about that knowledge here, now, there is a certain way you are going to experience your Christian life that is different from probably the way you're experiencing it right now. Eternal life started the moment you said yes to Jesus. It started... But it's, the question is, what is the quality of this eternal life for you and me? What is the quality? You know, is it the kind where you, 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 what the Bible says is actually true, that it is full of abundance? Is it the kind where it is just filled with, with joy? And, and let me tell you, that is irrespective of what is happening. You can choose to be joyful. Because it says, rejoice in the Lord. What? Always. And again, I say rejoice. You make that choice. Let's say this together. Intimacy with our Father is the key to experiencing everything he has already provided for us. Say that one more time. Now, the only way you can be intimate with the Father, the only way is really in his word and through prayer. Now, prayer is not about taking your list to God and asking. Some of you probably need to read uh, Andrew Womack's book, A Better Way to Pray. Then you will begin to see the perspective. Many times your prayer doesn't seem to be answered or is not answered because you pray amiss. Some of us are praying from earth to heaven. But the Bible is clear. It says you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are supposed to be creating. You are supposed to be making sure things are happening. You are supposed to be speaking things into existence. Father fitting here. And it happens. But some of us are still co-walling God. Or co-waller. I was trying to I was trying to find the English version. Mukaba! Yeah. And you are like I think sometimes there is a heaven 
some come meeting in heaven and God is like, uh, Michael, did you send everything? And Michael's like, yeah, according to this list, everything has gone. I don't know what he's asking for. Because that stuff he's asking for, he has it. You're sure? God, really? I'm sure. I'm assuming that's what's happening in heaven. But here on earth, people are crying, seeking the Lord when he has already given. We're going to read some verses there that say, if he did not spare Jesus, how will he not give you everything? Okay? Verses 3, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. God has already given everything. There is nothing concerning you and me that Christ has not done or given. And I would like to submit this way. As his divine power has given to us all things pertaining to your life and godliness. Sometimes we read that and we exclude ourselves. But pertaining to your life, the person sitting in your seat, God has given everything pertaining to life, this body, and godliness, the, li the life in your spirit, the way you live as a believer. God has given everything. Whatever it is you need, I want you to, to know this. He has already given. But there is probably a caveat that we shall get to see ahead there. So, God is not withholding anything. He's not waiting for you to perform better. That is why we started with grace and peace be multiplied, unmerited. He's not waiting for you to first achieve a certain status. Then he's like, now I can give this guy everything. No, he gave. Romans 8.32 He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us, how shall he not together with him freely? Keyword is freely. God chose to give. He did not wait for you to perform. He chose to give. So, based on how you desire to perform, it will be up to you. There is a scripture in Revelation that says that, and he will wipe the tears from their eyes. Do you know why he's going to wipe those tears? We shall be kicking ourselves. I waited for 30 minutes to the flight when this is free. You will be kicking yourself in heaven. Because there's something God has purposed for you. And unfortunately, you are walking with the safety of that bomb on. You just keep. I'm, young, I'm, young, I'm a timing bomb. <laughs> I am a timing bomb. Okay, when does the time elapse such that you go off? We are waiting. That is why God is going to wipe the tears from their eyes. Because men, women shall say, this is what I would have been. What? 
We will ask ourselves those questions, but it will be too late. So Jesus will be doing what we do for the young children. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Don't cry. It's okay. Yeah. The devil is bad. It's okay. Don't cry. Don't. Don't cry. It will be too late. So I encourage you. What grace has God placed on your life? Are you walking in it? Or are you waiting for someone to come and let you know that actually this is what you need to be doing? Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. This is where the caveat comes in. Remember, it is in, through the knowledge of him that we get to activate these things. Now, these blessings, these gifts we have received, they are spiritual. Now, the reason, don't, now, now, don't go like, ah, you see, there we go. They are spiritual. You are spirit, you, who is sitting there. You are a spirit that possesses a soul and lives in a body. So, you are spirit first. That is why these things are in their every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. They have been stored somewhere for you. Not from you, but for you. Hallelujah. So it means the way you are going to access this gift is in the spirit. And the other reason this is in the spirit is such that things like inflation... Rust and moth shall not destroy these things. If God did not spare Jesus, are you saying he cannot give you 100 million shillings? There's someone here that is your desire. Are you saying he cannot give that to you? This is Jesus we are talking about. He gave Jesus, meaning really for the 100 million, you will get it. The thing is you must activate you, through the knowledge. Your prayer must be the kind of prayer that actually is not about calling, but understanding that you already have this stuff and beginning to walk in such a way. Now, I am not saying go and sit down and forget everything that scripture says. It says the workman is worthy of his wages. That 100 million shillings is not going to just hit your, you know what they call miracle money. You've heard of miracle money? No, no. God is going to make sure you get that money. But I promise you, it is going to be in how you activate your faith. In the way you are going to pray in the way you are going to read his word, in the way you're going to speak. Sometimes our speech just nullifies everything. You know? Talent in the first service was talking about the month of January. We enter that month and, ah, man, you know January. There's no money, Kisha. There's no money in January. I mean, you know January. And now some of us who are born in January, we start feeling like, but in life, your birthday shows up, but you know January. <laughs> so you cancel things like that. My speech should be, I have the abundance 
It is mine. More than enough. Actually, the Bible says of me, I shall be a lender to nations. Meaning I have to have something to lend. Hallelujah. This is what God is saying for us. He has already provided everything, whatever it is, whatever. It's up there, read it, healing, whatever. It's provided. Okay? And prayer is one of the ways that converts that currency we cannot see. Because in Hebrews it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. We started verse 1 with faith. You have received like precious faith. You have it. And it is that faith that is going to cause an activation of these things. Okay? The pro it says that our prayer life is mainly consisting of creating intimacy with the Father so that we can experience what we already have, what already belongs to us. The purpose of not creating intimacy, sorry, the purpose is not creating intimacy to access stuff. Otherwise, you know, that's as they say there, that is prostitution, you know? Because you want something, say, oh, no, Jesus, what do I tell you? No. Oh. I am intimate with God because I know this stuff is already mine anyway. But the more I know the one that made the universe, the better I can live in the universe he made. Tell your neighbor, the more you know the one that made the universe, the better you can live in the universe he made. Yeah. Why are we running and seeking when the manual is before your very eyes, a.k.a. the Bible? Why do you seek other people to tell you something that is going to lead you into a trap than Jesus, the one who knows your tomorrow from yesterday? So, friends, again, let's say that together. Intimacy with the Father is the key to experiencing everything that has already been provided. In 2011, a few years after the 2006 experience, I had the opportunity to fly again, and this time to the U.S. Yes. And... This time again, I'm stopped and said, Sir, we are going to have to rebook you. I wasn't even thinking about the last experience. I was like, no problem. And again, I went to the lounge. Now, this time I was a man with knowledge. When that door opened, they said, welcome, sir. I said, indeed. Thank you. I am here. I began to look at, and this was a much longer wait. It was about three and a half hours before the next flight. So I just began to gaze upon everything that was mine. All of a sudden, 
I realized there is more to this place. You did not need to call anyone for the Wi-Fi password. Some of you have gone to those restaurants. She's even not seeing. Then the lady comes and she says, yes, sir. Could I have the password for the Wi-Fi? And she's so bored. You're taking a Coca-Cola. You want a password? Gives you the password. No, 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 no. Here there was not that. You just open your gadget at once. If you are in there, you are on. Then there was even a shower. I was like, I will take a shower. Why shouldn't I take a shower? Everything is mine. So this time round, I had the knowledge concerning, not in him, but concerning the airline, that this stuff, this is how we do it for our frequent flyers. Yeah, I was a frequent flyer, but I wasn't really a frequent flyer. But God had given that grace. What is it that God has given to you that you are not accessing yet because you have no idea that it is yours, freely given? Leave alone that for the airline you have paid with you. You have paid money for the ticket. But for God, freely given. Friends, intimacy with our Father is the key to experiencing everything he has already provided. There is nothing God has withheld from you. The best that you can do right now is to begin to access this stuff. Begin to pray. Begin to walk in the graces that God has given. Begin to see the purpose concerning your life. That brings us to those two questions. What is Jesus saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? You have heard what has been shared. So the question I give back to you is what is Jesus saying? What is he really saying concerning you? Are you in a place of understanding the knowledge of him, of God and of Jesus Christ, your Lord? Or is that still a mystery? How many times... Do you actually have intimacy with God in his word? One of the things I stopped doing in the morning was I would wake up in the morning and your hand just, it's like your hand has an automatic reflex to the phone. What did I miss on WhatsApp? <laughs> this is funny. Uh, it's hilarious. Then you get to another group where it just angers you. And all of a sudden you are angry in the morning because of a post that was made on a certain group. Then the rest of your day is messed up because you are not walking according to the knowledge of him who called you by glory and virtue. But you're walking to the knowledge of what's up. 
We need to get to a space whereby our time with God in the presence of God is consistent. We are not in and out. It is a thing that you are. That if you have not spent time with God, that you will know you are cheating. You are cheating someone somewhere. For some of you, God has probably called you and placed a certain gifting on you. But unfortunately, you are failing to gift because you just do not know how to operate the vehicle. You need to learn. The only place you can learn from is God himself. No one else can tell you how you're going to drive that car that he has given to you. Praise the Lord. So, what is Jesus saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? Thank you. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0312-281-555.